Time for our weekly fantasy football update. And now to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone, he tried to say. It's the name of the show, Bob, uh, by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. And, John, can fantasy owners take anything away from the Seahawks' 24-3 physically dominated, riveting riveting game last night against the Giants? That was uh, was a tough (laughs) watch, was it not? I mean, my goodness. Uh, (laughs) You know, the the Giants (laughs) this time last week were favored. How crazy is that? But um, it it goes to show, I, I, I think that, um, the, the Giants' offensive line issues, that which got worse last night. John Michael Schmidt got hurt. Um, I saw that there's been some movement on, on the practice squad, uh, promoting some of the offensive linemen. Uh, Andrew Thomas still sidelined as well. And uh, I saw something that uh, any Giants fans out there probably aren't going to want to hear, but Evan Neal, his uh, pro football focus grades, are uh, eerily similar to one first-round bust, Eric Flowers, uh, for, from his Ooh. days with Big Blue, Whoa. so things are not looking good. I was shocked this morning when when I looked at the box score and saw that Daniel Jones actually completed 27 of his 34 pass attempts because it felt like every time he dropped back, uh, he was yeah. in hell for, for the most part. I mean, he had no time whatsoever. That There's no running back depth on that team, so as long as Saquon Barkley's out, the Giants are basically a big goose egg for, for fantasy purposes. On, on, the, um, on the Seahawks side of the ledger, I, I don't know – how much there was actually actionable to, to take away because the Giants were just so gassed with all those short drives and everything. Um, so, you know, we, we see Kenneth Walker looking looking pretty sharp uh, for the most part. Uh, had that long touchdown, I believe, called back. But uh, even still, Noah Fant showed a pulse, which was good. Jackson Smith and Jigba continues to disappoint, however. So if you invested a, a six-round pick in him, you're not ready to jump ship yet, and the, the Seahawks are on a bye this week, so maybe they, they take some time over these next two weeks to, to kind of recalibrate and find a way in which they can get him the ball a little bit more. Um, but I, I think it, for the for this next little bit until uh, Smith and Jigba starts to show something, he's someone that you can pretty much safely leave on your bench. You mentioned the Seahawks on bye this week. Also the Browns, Chargers, and Buccaneers are on bye this week. Okay, so who tops your running back waiver wire list this week? Um, for for me, it's probably Jaleel McLean or McLaughlin. I'm sorry, um, of the of the Denver Broncos. Javante Williams will will have to monitor his status. It doesn't seem like he's going to be out long if he even misses this week. So that there is you know that, that to consider. Um, in, in a similar deal with with the uh, Rams backfield, I'll get to in a second. But McLaughlin is running well. He's an undrafted rookie out of Youngstown State. I will freely admit that I did not really have him on my radar during draft season or anything like that, but um, he's done well with his opportunities thus far. You can't really take that away from him. And Samaje Pirine is pretty much the definition of just a guy. Um, He's pretty effective as a pass catcher over his career. He has 112 catches on 135 targets. That's definitely solid, definitely useful. Um, to an extent, but, you know, just a four yards per carry guy over a, you know, eight-year sample at this stage, which, oh, boy, that makes me feel old. I remember him in college. Um, But at the same time, you know, I I think with what McLaughlin is putting out there versus what Pirine is putting out there, it seems like McLaughlin is that that secondary option behind Javante Williams, who has potential upside this week if Javante is sidelined. And and, uh, looking at at the Rams' backfield with Kyron Williams, and uh, his, his hip injury, 
Simmons anything that sidelines him for this week. I, I don't think it will because it's just a bruise, according to the reports. So I think just that, you know taking it easy in practice this week should have him ready to go uh, for, for this coming weekend. But if he's unavailable or if you have an obvious drop um, and you want to speculate a little bit on this Rams backfield, I'm less interested in Ronnie Rivers than I am in Zach Evans. And I know that Zach Evans was inactive this past week, but I think on a talent basis, you know, McVay's always a tough guy to to, uh, to really trust with, with his running back evals. But Evans, five-star recruit coming out of high school, good production at, at TCU and uh, at Ole Miss. Um, I think that he's more NFL-ready than Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers, I, I think, can be someone that um, is useful in PPR formats, so that there's that's something to consider. Um, but I, I think if Kyron Williams is to miss any time, Evans is probably the one. Uh, that I prefer, but in in terms of like your free agent budget, I'm not putting more than five bucks on either. Okay, so a couple other running backs to ask about here. Jonathan Taylor expected to return to Colts practice tomorrow. What's his current fantasy value? I mean, I wish I had a great answer for that. I I don't. I, I mean, it it's definitely encouraging uh, that he's returning to practice. I mean, I, I think that. You, you would have been justified in kind of expecting this time last week to just be like, oh, this just might not be a thing this year. So um, we'll see if he if he's able to return anytime soon. Um, I, I forget when exactly uh, he will be eligible to do so, but he, you know, within practicing, that opens up a three week window for for him to make his return uh, to the Indianapolis lineup. So. Uh, the, the second that he's activated, you got to plug him into your lineup. I, I think that what the returns that we've seen for, from the Indianapolis backfield, save for uh, the one useful game from Zach Moss a couple weeks ago, um, it, it's just, you know, Jonathan Taylor on a talent basis alone is a top five running back in this league. Even if there's some rust to knock off, um, it, it's hard to leave him on your bench the second that he comes back. Devon A. Chan, uh, is he the number one running back in Miami? It's trending that way. Um, I, I, I'm not ready to, to give up on Mostert, and I, I think if you're Miami, I think it's pragmatic to use both of those guys that, because neither of them are true workhorses. And uh, in, in Mostert's case, um, a lot of injury history that, that's pretty concerning. So I think that we're going to see um, you know, something trending towards a split, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised with, with what A-Chain has put on tape in the, in the, in the box score these last two weeks that, that he does assume that the, the – uh, number one role in name, but I'm not sure that A-Chain, or A-Chain, I'm sorry, with, with the uh, physical frame that, that he has, that he's someone that you can scale up to like 20 carries and, and five catches uh, every single week. I think that he's still going to remain someone that, in that 12 to 15 touch range, but when his per touch uh, output is as impressive as it is, that's still someone that, that you're uh, starting with confidence every single week. So bottom line there, if you have A-Chain, Keep him in. Keep him in that starting lineup. The guy is unbelievably electric. You get a matchup against the, the Giants this week. You're like 10-point favorites at home. That sets up phenomenally for, for him. But I think Mostert is still someone that, that you need to hang on to. I don't think that Sunday, a uh, tough day up in Buffalo, is, is anything to really like write off Mostert over. Demondre Stevenson has been awful the first four weeks. Any reason <laughs> for hope that that might change? Well, I mean, last year was was so good that it, it's um, it's hard to totally jump ship. But in fantasy football, you just don't really have a lot of time to be patient with these guys. So I think at the very least, the the idea of him returning 
uh, fourth round value. That ship uh, has has largely sailed. He did out snap um, or out carry Ezekiel Elliott. He had a sixty percent uh, rushing share this past weekend. Zeke just a twenty six percent rushing share. So he's still getting the looks, but I think that the the problem lies beyond a little bit Stevenson, and it's more so to do um, with the overall state of this Patriots offense that is just completely stuck in the mud. Um, you know, even Mac Jones, who's not a particularly sympathetic figure, he has nothing around him to work with in, in that passing game. He has a squadron of number three, number four type receivers and a pretty good tight end. Uh, that, that's about what he's working with. So um, I, I just have low expectations for this Patriots offense. And I think part of the theory for, for being bullish on, on the Patriots run game coming into the year was the defense was going to be so good that, um, you know, they were going to set up the offense in short field get the offense a lot of possessions by, by forcing a lot of three and outs. That hasn't necessarily been the case. Matthew Judon got hurt this past weekend. We don't know if he's going to be back this season with that biceps injury. So, um, it, you know, you're kind of counting on one hand, washing the other way when it came to uh, looking at the Patriots for fantasy this year. And it's not really working thus far. And it's hard to imagine it getting a ton better. But uh, going up against the Saints this week and, and then uh, the Raiders next week, um, that, that could help get squeeze some useful weeks out of Ramondre Stevenson, but um, I, I think at this stage he, he's viewed as, as a flex option at best. John McKechnie, rotowire.com, crowing the sports zone, our weekly fantasy football update with John. Okay, wide receivers on the waiver wire. Who stands out this week? Uh, let, let's see here. So uh, on the receiver front, I, I think you, you start in Green Bay. Uh, Romeo Dobbs continues to, to impress. I know Christian Watson got back in the fold last week on a limited basis, but I think Dobbs is really kind of starting to establish himself as, as someone that the Packers aren't going to, to take off the field for, for almost anybody. Watson can have a, a different role. They have different skill sets. Um, so he's someone, Romeo Dobbs, uh, that, that I would certainly consider picking up if he were available on my waiver wire. Um, beyond that, uh, if there's been an impatient manager in your league and Jameson Williams is out there. I think he's worth a speculative ad, but you have to have mm-hmm. someone that, that I think is, a, is an obvious uh, drop. I don't think that, you know, if, if you're borderline on someone that, that you absolutely need to go ahead and, and take the plunge on Jameson Williams and Tyler Boyd um, in shallower leagues, he, he is available in a bunch of spots with, with T Higgins getting banged up with that rib injury. Um, he's someone that, that I would consider as well. And then a little bit further down, Josh down, um, you know, th- things kind of ca- came back to normal this past week with Gardner Minshew being sidelined. The, the Indianapolis Colts didn't throw quite as much th- this past weekend, but I still think Dobbs, or I'm sorry, Downs is the type of talent that, that over the course of, of this season is going to start to establish himself as a potential fantasy option. So it, it's pretty light on the waiver wire th- this week as far as obvious options. We don't have a, a, a Josh Palmer type to scoop this week in lieu of a Mike Williams injury, anything like that. But um, I think those are the guys that, that I would circle if I'm making moves at the receiver position. You know, the Cardinals, Michael Wilson, he might be good, assume he can stay healthy, but that rarely happened when he was at Stanford. That's a very good point, actually. I'm glad you brought him up. He's someone that I targeted a lot in like the last round of, of best ball drafts, so I'm happy that, that I've made that move in a bunch of spots. Although less happy about it, considering that the opportunity cost was, was probably Puka Nakua a bunch of times, but different discussions. But Michael Wilson, um, I think just 
generally, I'm encouraged by Josh Dobbs. I mean, how, how can you not be? I mean, I think even against a, a really brutal matchup like, like the 49ers on the road last week, Dobbs was able to put up, you know, fairly decent uh, fantasy production and, and spread it out to, to some of those targets there. So, Michael Wilson, um, I, I think with the rest of the personnel being what it is in that Arizona receiving core where you kind of have the small, shifty, fast guys like your Marquise Browns and your Rondale Morris, he gives them legitimate size and verticality on the outside. Um, so he, he kind of is one to himself as far as that, that role and that skill set is concerned. So Michael Wilson is definitely someone that I'm considering on the waiver wire this week, too. Cooper Cup expected to return this week, at least in practice, and I assume in the game. Uh, seems This might be a dumb question, but how might Cup's return alter the Rams' pass catchers? Well, I think that you're, you're or put it this way, a couple weeks ago, I think people were split as to whether it's going to be Puka Nakua or Tutu Atwell that, that was going to uh, survive Cup returning. And I think it's, the answer is pretty clear at this point. I think Tutu Atwell mm-hmm. is the one, and Ben Jefferson too, that, that are at risk of, of losing a significant amount of targets. Now, we'll see how Nakua's role changes, and I, I would imagine that, that we're going to see a bit of a target reduction for him but I think it's still going to result in, in useful fantasy usage for, for the rookie. So I, I don't think that Naku is anyone that you need to panic about just because Cup is returning. You've had several weeks to think about this at, at this point, given um, what Nakua ha, has done uh, through the early part uh, of, of the season. So Nakua, I think, is going to be fine. Maybe we've already had his peak weeks, but that's okay. Um, I, I think that he's still someone that can give you startable production as a wide receiver three going forward with Cup back. And if Cup is back this week, uh, I'm, uh, unless the, the Rams say something to the effect of him being on a pitch count, um, I think you're, you're starting Cup with confidence uh, this coming Sunday against the Eagles. Should Calvin Ridley owners be discouraged, uh, you know, down, or how should they be reacting? Well, as someone who has a ton of, of Calvin Ridley this year and a ton of Trevor Lawrence as well, I am concerned. Um, I, I think uh, getting the second week in a row in, in London, you know, you, you're less worried about the travel wear and tear on, on these guys coming into this weekend. But it is a tough matchup against the Bills. And I, I think the overarching thing with, with the Jaguars at, at this stage is the offense, everything it requires so much effort. There's nothing that's easy in this offense, it seems. There's the short passes to Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, but they're not really getting that vertical element uh, to their passing game. And, you know, that that's, uh, you know, kind of a joke when you have Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback and Calvin Ridley as, as your wide receiver one. Uh, they need to get that figured out. Um, my, my colleague Mario Puig was kind of wondering if this is a problem that, that gets worse, not better, over the course of the season, and that, that's kind of as added to my dread when it when it comes to Calvin Ridley I'm still starting Ridley but but um and I think that things could turn around and you know it did take the Jaguars a good bit of time last year to really hit their stride it it took basically until late in the season say for a couple games early in the year so hold tight when it comes to Ridley don't trade him uh don't bench him anything like that but but do temper your expectations until we start to see this offense uh find its rhythm a little bit more Speaking of that offense, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Are Trevor Lawrence and even Dak Prescott, are they fantasy starting quarterbacks at this point? Uh, They're fringe. Uh, They're they're fringe starters at at this point. Um, I I think we've seen 
um, enough at, at this stage and, and enough from some of the other quarterbacks out there to where um, you, you kind of have to play the matchups when it comes to Lawrence and um, and with Dak Prescott. Prescott this week going out to San Francisco, um, I'm hoping that I have a better option somewhere else on my roster. Even like a C.J. Stroud, I would start over, over Dak Prescott this week. But Trevor Lawrence in a game where the, the Jaguars should be trailing, there should be enough volume uh, in terms of the passing game to, to kind of help carry him to a, to a startable uh, fantasy day. But you're, you're probably not expecting like a stealing game where, he, where he's giving you 300 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, so you, you mentioned C.J. Stroud. Uh, is, is he a fantasy starting quarterback pretty much in every league yet, or has he not quite reached that point? He is. Like, you, you pretty much have to have a top – five, six quarterback, uh, in my opinion, to, to really justify uh, leaving C.J. Stroud on your bench. He's obviously a must-start in, in two quarterback and uh, super flex uh, leagues. But, you know, Stroud has been nothing short of spectacular to, to start his NFL career. I thought last week was going to be where the rubber, rubber met the road for him because going up against the Steelers with the offensive line issues that, that – um, that the Texans had going in and what the Steelers had done the last two weeks where they basically won games with their defense and with their pass rush. I thought that was a nightmare setup for Stroud. And what did he do? He delivered a win through a couple of touchdowns, was effective, was efficient all the way through. So I, I feel like Stroud is definitely someone that you can start every single week. Uh, the passing volume uh, has been excellent. I mean, it's top three in the league right now. Only Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford have thrown more passes. So it's a very fantasy-friendly setup uh, that they're running there, and he's averaging eight yards per attempt. He's got six touchdowns, no interceptions thus far. Uh, got to clean up the fumbles a little bit, but I, I think all told, Stroud is, is, has done well enough to where you can start to um, consider him someone that you're starting every week. He's going to get some offensive linemen back maybe as early this week, too, which would help, and uh, he might even, I can't say be better, but uh, might clean up the fumble thing. Okay, fantasy owners, should they be benching Joe Burrow, uh, who between the offensive line and the calf injury seems to pretty much have little chance to get by or be positive at the uh, in the fantasy realm these days? Right. So they're in this weird stretch where they've got two more games before the bye, and I think it's it's kind of debatable as to whether the Bengals, with, with the uh, investment that they sunk into Joe Burrow um, right before the season, should be risking. Uh, you know, they're they're premier uh, franchise asset. Um, so I, I imagine that Burrow is a strong enough personality to where if he can, if he can go, he's not going to do the Deshaun Watson thing and be physically cleared, medically cleared and, and still not play. He's still going to get out there, but you do absolutely need to temper your expectations with, with Joe Burrow basically until after the bye. And then they have games against San Francisco and Buffalo. So really, you might be in a spot here where you're not starting Joe Burrow until week 10. And at that point, it's like, is he worth having? Do you need to uh, explore a trade with, with someone who, you know, has Jamar Chase in, in your league, something like that. Uh, T. Higgins being out certainly doesn't help either. So this is this is a tough scene in, in Cincinnati, and I don't think that uh, the, uh, the light's at the end of the tunnel anytime soon. Last up, uh, buy or sell, Dial Dallas Goddard, who's been mostly MIA while he's actually been on the field uh, the first four games. What do we do with him? Yes, he, he's been a surprising uh, kind of bust 
thus far for fantasy. No touchdowns, under 100 yards so far through, through four games. He's running tons of routes, so like the route participation there, the stat count is there. It's just it's empty production. It is Jalen Hurts is simply looking elsewhere when, when he goes to drop back, and it's understandable when you have A.J. Brown, of course, but um, last year, Devontae Smith only did well when Dallas, Dallas Goddard was out. That's not the case this year. Devontae Smith has, has taken another step forward in his development, and now the, the Eagles have you know kind of made use of leveraging their, their top-end wide receiver depth, and it, it comes at the uh, at the detriment of one Dallas Goddard. So he does have some, some pretty favorable matchups as far as uh, defenses versus tight ends are concerned, the Rams, the Jets, and the Dolphins these next three weeks all rank in the bottom ten. So I think this is a time where uh, if you're interested in buying low on Dallas Goddard uh, from a frustrated manager that, that has him, I would certainly endorse that. I think he's talent-wise. I think he's a top-ten tight end in the league, maybe top eight when you when you factor in the offense. So um, I'm still a believer. I'm still holding on to, to Dallas Goddard where I have him. And, in, in, uh, yes, if, if there is someone with, with uh, some notable frustration with him, in your league, I think this is the time to kick the tires. I think we have a pretty good three-week stretch coming up for Goddard. I'm an owner, and I'm getting towards uh, towards the notable frustration level, so we'll see how this goes. All right, John, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Hopefully it'll be a better waiver wire next week. Hope so. I, I believe it will, but, you know, we, we still had a, had a good one here. Thanks again for having me on, and I'll catch you next week. All right, John McKechnie, rotowire.com, excellent stuff.